This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. All right, it's that all-important time once again. Oh yeah, time for the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my good friend Chris Sinzak. You look tired, man. Uh, a little bit. I'm, I'm a little right. tired too, man. We've really been cranking it out these last couple of weeks. Yeah, uh, it feels like I just saw you yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> oh yeah, we did. Yeah, we did see each other yesterday. That was wild. We had a marathon interview that uh, hit all facets of not only music but life mm-hmm. and and death. Yeah, and uh, it was uh, it was huge. It was a huge interview for us, and uh, that'll be coming out in a couple of weeks. And, yeah. Uh, but we got to... Uh, Maybe next, depending on how hard I get to work on it. Well, yeah. Um, but well, the reason uh, we're knocking out two episodes in two days is I'm actually leaving town tomorrow, and uh, we wanted to make sure we stay ahead of the game. Right. And give you guys something to uh, listen to. And this has been something we've... This is one we've talked about doing for a long time. We, yeah, we've volleyed this one back and forth yeah. quite a bit, you know, and it's come up quite a lot over the last month or so, yeah. you know, talking about doing it. And today we're finally going to do it. The heavier side of Rush. Yeah. And we did a heavier side of the Beatles. Is that the only one we've done? <laughs> we need to do way more of these, don't we? And I'm thinking it's like, this is this cool series, but it's like, right? you, you can't call it a series until you do more than one. I guess we're doing well, that now. I think that's kind of the thing. You know, we've done that with several things, like where, yeah. you, where you come from. No, we did like four of those. Did we, yeah, we did a few of them. And then, well, we were going to keep doing more. We and then, uh, to. Demolicious. Yeah. We were going to we do two of those. We were going to do more of those. And same as this, you know, we always meant to come back. The, the heavier side of the Beatles was a challenge, was but it was fun. Yeah. You know, I think we all learned that the, the Beatles had it in them. They, yeah. could, they could rock when they wanted to and i think today the picks were a lot easier than, yeah, yeah. than it was for the beatles because i mean hey we're talking about rush well and we're in rush you know and i before we get into this uh you know we're not gonna have the normal business today because we, right. we honestly just released the new episode well the new to us while we're recording it episode two days ago right so there's not really time to get amazon purchases and geeks of the week and all that this in. might be this might be the most furthest of he- ahead that we've oh, ever been <laughs> yeah but since i'm since i'm going out of town i want to I wanna it's not a to, necessity you know <laughs> yeah well i mean i want to be able to come back in town and, and, get, and get this out before having to come over and schedule time to do a another intro and more geeks of the week and all right that. no one could ever say that the decibel geek podcast does not fly by the seat of its pants yeah because or, it definitely does we fly by night 
Mm-hmm. See what I did there? Right. But I no, it. It, it's a uh, we, we've wanted to do this for a while. And Rush is an, an interesting band with an interesting history. Yeah. And uh, you know they've had moments. They have some moments they started out a little on the heavy side, and then you know, and then they they stayed a little heavy through the seventies, and then they got weird, weird. <laughs> and, but they went with the times. They got you know heavy with synthesizers and keyboards and stuff. And there's stuff that's heavy in nature, but and then it got heavier again as we got into the nineties, right. of course, up to today. And yeah. we're going to kind of look a little bit at each album, but uh, our, we have certain picks off certain albums, right? The heaviest, the ones we like, the, the ones best. we think that are the the heaviest and the the ones that we like. Right. Cool. So um, there's so, going to be a lot of people that are going to be naysayers on. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. How could you forget this? Yeah, because there's so many Rush fans and different perspectives, and it's it's Rush creates the kind of music that people have different perspectives of it. Of one song, you know, could mean something to me or make me feel something a certain way, and for somebody else and somebody else and somebody else, it's all different because that's the the power of Rush music. You know, it's it's more than just you know a straight up rock song in most cases. Most cases, there's a lot of underlying tones to Rush. You know. And mm-hmm. so there's a whole lot of different stuff for different people to pick up on. So, yeah. of course, you're always welcome to go on our Facebook page and tell us what you think. You know, what we missed, what we what yeah. we should have got, what you thought was, you know, maybe the top five. Yeah, and the, do and that, the, you know? the comment section for this episode on the Facebook page, it'll be the one that's pinned at the top. Yeah. Go in there and list what, what your five or yeah. t- ten heaviest Rush songs are. Yeah, because we each got to pick our top five. You go ahead and pick your top five, yeah. too, and let us know what you think. Give us that feedback. Tell us how wrong we are. Right. We'll take it. We'll consider ourselves right, but you can tell us how wrong we are. <laughs> so, Geeks of the Week, uh, iTunes reviews, you know, you guys keep them coming keep, please do. because we're going to come back and double up next week and, and read those and get it all taken care of. But we're in a little bit of a hurry because we yeah. got to get Chris out of town. Yeah, I got I got to I, I got to uh, unplug from reality for a few days with the watch. That's good. Yeah. It's always good to do that. It's going to be nice. So did you take lots of notes for this? I, well, not lots, but okay. I've got I've got notes for my song. Sure. All right. I don't have any notes. But we have a guy. But what I do have is this. Check it out. Yes. It's the awesome. Rush, album by album. By, by, by my new best friend, Martin Popoff. He did my homework for me. Martin's a hell of a writer. This is an amazing book. It is. I mean, look at the cover. The cover yeah. is freaking beautiful. Yeah, and I must uh, I must give credit to our friend Steve Roth, who sent us this book. He's with the publishing company for this. And uh, he sent us a number of books, and, and this is a, yeah. this one's one of the best ones that we've gotten. So Yeah, it's very cool. You know, anything Martin Popoff does is pretty awesome it's, and very... Yeah. very informative and in-depth, and this definitely much. is. So this is going to help me a lot today. Oh, all right, so you're going to use and that I, as a and cheat then, sheet. And then I think after I'm done using it as a cheat sheet at the mm-hmm. end of the show, we should give this bad boy away to a listener. I mean, I don't, we don't get to keep it? Well, I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. But it served its purpose yeah, here. Let's, yeah, let's spread the love. And now it's time to go into the hands of so a new rock and roller out there. Is this the there. equivalent of getting like a game-used jersey card for uh, for an athlete? Oh yeah, it's a it's a show used a, book, the, for Aaron. a rush book written by Martin Poffoff, autographed by Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. <laughs> yeah, but that, the the issue with that is we would devalue it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, Gene Simmons. <laughs> nice. All right, so I guess we'll start out opening this gorgeous book. It's fantastic, and we're gonna start off with the very first album, the debut album, mm-hmm. self titled Rush. Love it. I love it too. I think if if somebody came to me and said, "This is the Rush discography. You may only choose one album, That's your album. to listen to for the rest of your life. No other Rush may you ever listen to again." Mm-hmm. 
A lot of people are going to hate me for this. That would be your pick. This would absolutely, without a doubt, 100%, not a shadow of it, would be the album I would pick. I kind of figured you would have picked Power Windows. Uh, no. <laughs> we'll get to that. Or maybe we or won't. Or will we get to Power Windows? <laughs> no, I don't think we will. We'll see. Man, there's so much good stuff on this album. You know, Finding My Way is killer. Yep. I mean, the whole thing. I love it. You know, and it's not the rush that you've come to know and love, you know, by no means. Because it's got John Rutsey on drums, mm-hmm. and he's totally different than Neil Peart. Straight ahead, hard rock drummer. Totally. Yeah. You know, perfect for what they were trying to do. Sure, they were the Canadian Zeppelin. Exactly. That's what I was just going to oh, say. Sorry, they were. Mean to steal they were. <laughs> it's totally stepped on. That's what happens when I don't read a script and I actually use a book oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah totally man he just straight ahead drummer totally different than what they would become even on the next album you know every album from here on out Very gets different. further and further away from this mm-hmm. but this is what I really love about Rush the just straight ahead hard rock stuff you know so many good songs on here but my favorite on here and to be honest with you the first time I ever heard this song because I think Rush was a little before my time mm-hmm. but you know, but I was still in other bands that were from around that time, like Kiss and Aerosmith and stuff like that. But I wasn't in a rush when I was younger. The first time I ever heard this song was when Skid Row did a cover of it on their Beside Ourselves EP. Oh, I love that one. That was great, man. Yeah. Oh, man, so many good covers on there. Skid Row freaking ruled back then. And I said, wow, this is awesome. You know, who, these are cover songs. Who originally did this? It was like Rush. Mm-hmm. Rush. Weird songs I hear on the radio that that can't be, and then I found out about this album and man I love it. So here's my first pick for the heavier side of Rush right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast. It's a great song off their very first album. I love it. It's called What You're Doing.
I love it. I love it. I mean, I'm done. That's it. You're done. I'm How done. You're heavier side of us. Good day, everybody. <laughs> One pick. Chris, I know you got a bunch. What do you got? <laughs> I don't have nine. I got five. Well, what do you think of that first album? I love How does it. it rank for you? Oh, it's it's. Oh, it's easily in my top five Rush albums. I don't know if I'd say it's my number one. It's close. Yeah. There's one we'll talk about in a little while that mm, that one. I don't know. I, I'm one of those weird fan, Rush fans that I I almost prefer the stuff they've done in the last twenty years to what they did back then. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I think they kind of they've. I think what well we'll get to it, but I think what they're they've come to in the last few years is the perfect meld of the progressive right. and the hard rock. Right. Oh yeah, what they are. They now. started hard rock, then right. they went very progressive and away yes. from it, and then they then they went through a really strange phase. But I think what they ended up with, which I guess you could say at the end of their career, I don't think they're going to do any more albums, was what I what I would have hoped for. Right. But I you know but I know there's purist fans that love the old stuff way better sure like me and we're still way back at the beginning well that yeah and, and this, this and so that brings me up to chapter two here well let me say one thing uh-huh. about the, the first okay album. The, the song working man which of course yeah. it was a radio hit right it was kind of their their that was their opening into america but it's amazing it is and I, but it has a personal meaning to me because uh i was going through a pretty turbulent relationship in the late 90s with a girl and I'm not going to get too detailed. Maybe I will for VIP because it might be worth it there. But um, it was it was a bad breakup. Yeah, and it was it was a there was a bit of a love triangle going on and juicy. Uh, let's just say I I got I got I got the boot and it yeah. was, and I got the boot from someone who said that the person they ended up giving me the boot for was out of the picture and then turns out they weren't out of the it was a big mess. And you got live action catfish. His name was Tito, and we wound up on a roof. And was, um, but no, sorry. There's your kiss reference. King of the streets. All baby. the all the Rush fans listening are like, what? But no, anyway, I was. Wow. I just. I will never forget. Uh, you know how sometimes music will get you through a certain situation. Sure. And when we were going through the end of this horrible relationship, uh, I was working a lot just to basically stay away from her because it was just there was just too much intensity. Throw intensity. yourself into your work, and that's what I was doing. I was working like twelve-hour days every single day, and the day that she officially broke it off with me, I was driving around just feeling like lower than dirt, and uh, that song came on, and for some reason it just made me feel better, and I cranked right the shit on. out of it and drove around listening to Heck all yeah. ten minutes of it or whatever. Right, and I was just it just one of those things where, and I'd kind of stopped really even listening to a lot of rock music when I was with this chick. You know, some girls will make you, you know, they'll they'll pull you away from some of the stuff you like. Wow, I'm looking forward to VIP now. Yeah, yeah, well, it's not that great of a story. But anyway, it was just, listening to it, I was just kind of like, all right, things are going to be okay, you know? It was just kind of like, well, right there's on. a bright side. And, you know, and I the, think the same as that is like 99% of us can relate to that song yeah. every morning when we're going to work. Every yeah. afternoon when we're finally going home, you know? Yeah, and Rush broke out in Cleveland because of that song. And that song yeah, was tailor-made for Cleveland. City full of working yeah, men. It's blue collar. Yeah, you gotta, you can love it. If you can relate to it, Yeah, so I didn't have a pick off love. the first album, but easily I love it. And I think uh, Finding My Way may have been what, what I would have probably picked off that. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so then that brings us up to the second album, yeah. which is Fly By Night. Good album. 
killer cover awesome songs i mean there's some good heavy stuff on here especially parts of that by tour in the snow dog yeah i mean there's parts of that that are really kick-ass <laughs> rock hear a lot of parts of this right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know part you know chapter three of the revelation is uh my most favorite heavy song you know but yeah. there <laughs> that's true though yeah because rush has got these these giant 14 yeah, yeah, seconds. but that it's a bunch awesome. of little songs you know and but but the, the second part the three minutes and 45 seconds of that song was really great right but uh no seriously and then you got fly by night which is a good rocking tune heard it a million times on radio not my most favorite rush song but you know fly by night's good this was the first rush album i ever heard was fly by night yeah because i just remember i think one of my uncles had it and uh i pulled it out and saw that badass owl on the cover it's a cool cover i was like hell yeah what is this you know and the first song i heard was anthem
a great tune, man. It's an mm-hmm. awesome way to get introduced to Rush, you know, as a young kid. Yeah, I know. I like that. Uh, Anthem's one, definitely one of their heaviest songs. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, Anthrax did a really good cover of that a couple yes. years ago. Yes. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah, good stuff. I mean, here then, you know, this is the beginning of the, the Neil Peart era. And, uh, you know. Peart. Peart. Yeah. And there's some weird stuff on here, of course. But we're only going to get weirder from there. Yeah, I mean, I guess that that's it. It does get weirder from there, and then we're gonna be ready to go into the next album. Sure, Caress of Steel. I like this one too. Third studio album comes out in '75. Most of this album is filled with progressive rock, uh, long yeah. songs with a lot of moving parts, stuff like the Necromancer, which is 12 minutes long. Yeah, uh, part of that's pretty cool. It is. Parts of it are cool. The Fountain of Lamnet, which takes up all of side two of the album. There's some pieces of that yeah. that are really badass, like most of that. I mean, and it's it's 19 minutes and 57 seconds long, but I would say for the most part, there's a couple of little weird breaks in the middle, but mm-hmm. that's a pretty heavy-ass song. It is. But uh, Rush hadn't totally abandoned their early Zeppelinish sound, as evidenced by my pick, Bastille Day. Thank you. 
Too. That's another one of my all-time favorite Rush songs. I love this early stuff so much. Mm-hmm. That's that. I think that's one of the heaviest things they ever did. Yeah, and, and it's a very Zeppelin-y sounding thing. And there's some good black and white footage of them playing that. Uh, I think it's around the time they were opening for Kiss too. Yeah, you can find it on YouTube. And that's the story about I think I'm going bald was kind of a, right. a funny tongue-in-cheek homage to Kiss, right? Yeah, the going blind was the, right. the, kind of the inspiration for that song. Yeah, because that's about the time they're hanging out. I just thought it was about Gene Simmons' hairline receding. Oh yeah, could be. <laughs> it might have been. All right. But yeah, that's uh, that's Caress of Steel. It's good, but it's good. they're definitely heading into prog rock yeah. territory. Yeah, because I mean, there's weird themes on it. There's weird, you know, progressive music on there. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Some people really, really love that stuff. And, oh, yeah. and a lot of people, I'd say, a good majority of Rush fans would say this was when Rush was really just first starting to get good. This yeah. was when they were about to hit their, the their peak of awesomeness. Yeah. You know, and that definitely talked about their peak of awesomeness. That brings us up to 2112, yep. which is a freaking masterpiece. I mean, there's some, the song Lessons on here is heavy and awesome. I could have picked that. Um, Passage to Bangkok I is pretty Passage damn cool. Man, that's awesome. It's a wonderful song. I mean, talk about, I think that was on our, our 420 episode, wasn't it? I think that was one of yes. your picks for that. Yeah. Um, what I'm going to go with, and I know it was a single back in the day, but you never hear it anymore. You never hear it in its entirety. We don't have time to play it in its entirety today. So I'm just going to give you a piece of 2112, the heaviest piece, the opening part, the overture, and Temple of the Syrinx.
Man, I love that. That's pretty great. I never get tired of hearing it. I wish I could hear it more. Yeah. It's... I know I had that whole thing on my iPod at one time and would love it when it would come up because it's like, yes, by the time this song's over, my day is almost done. Yeah. I can go home soon. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. 2112 is awesome, man. One of my favorite Rush albums. I wonder if the world's going to end up as screwed up in actual 2112 as Neil Peart seemed to describe it was going to be in this. Well, you know what they say in the song, the geeks shall inherit the earth. Right. So we ain't got nothing to worry about. Yeah, man, I love it, 2112. That's one of those two where you don't you don't really get it a lot anymore so much as you did back in the day, back when we were younger. We were fortunate to experience this, an album as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, just listening to the whole thing all the way through. This is a perfect album for that, and it's an album you really shouldn't skip around songs on this one. No, you listen to it as a whole. It makes yeah. me feel bad to just play that part of that one song that oh, yeah. we should just, you know, say screw it and play the whole 2112 album so and, albums and, and, and say goodnight hit just hit play <laughs> here's all you need oh man so good <laughs> want to know the meaning behind it figure it out yourself <laughs> yeah so to me you know me personally i think that's in my opinion my humble and probably you know small percentage agreeing with opinion mm-hmm I think that's the peak of Rush right there. 2112. 2112. A lot of people would agree you know, with those, you. Those first four albums, that's that's quintessential Rush. And I think if somebody came to me and said, hey, I want to learn about Rush, I'm going to say start at number one mm-hmm. and work your way up from there. Yeah. So that brings us up to the next album, which is Farewell to Kings. Yeah. And neither one of us picked anything off of no, this one. No, but I, I, I like a lot of songs on this. I mean, of course, Closer to the Heart was the, the big radio song off this. Right. Cinderella Man is a song I like a lot. Cinderella Man's really cool. Getty wrote that by himself. Um, and then of course you've got Cygnus X one, you know, but uh, and there's pieces of that are, that are that are pretty heavy too. Right. It's I don't know. I just didn't it just didn't make my list. Like I said, I'm more partial to later stuff. Yeah, and this one too kind of marked a big change for Rush. I think you know as far as their sound and. You know, not as many heavy songs on the album, you know, which kind of sucks. I don't like that. But then we get to the next album, which is Hemispheres. Yeah. And talk about cool album covers, man. I've always one. liked this one, man. That is creepy as hell. You guys know it. The classic, you know, Rush uh, album cover. You got like a devil looking dude standing there pointing at like an English gentleman. Well, I guess he's probably a Canadian gentleman. Standing on a brain. Standing on a brain. Canadian yeah. gentleman minding his own business, walking across the brain going, holy shit, there's Satan. And he's naked. Put some, and he's, put naked some clothes Satan. on, dude. Put some clothes on, Satan, and then get behind me. <laughs> this is a good one too, man. There's uh it's got the Cygnus X1 Book 2 mm-hmm. Hemispheres. There's some pretty heavy, awesome, cool stuff in that song, man. Mm-hmm. Really cool stuff. But the song that I'm gonna pick is one of another one of my all-time favorite Rush songs. And this was one, you know, because again, this one's got some uh some weird progressive stuff on here. They're continuing where they started with the last one or going further off the cliff with it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, a lot of people love it. But this song here really is one of the heaviest songs I think they've ever done. And it's off hemispheres, and you know it, I'm sure. It's called Circumstances.
Ticket office and all usual ticket outlets. Don't miss Rush, another Beaver production. Before we get back into the heavier side of Rush right here on the Decibel Geek Podcast, just want to take a moment to remind you guys that the Rock and Pod Expo is coming up on August 26th. And don't forget on the 25th, we're having that great big pre-party in East Nashville. Yep. We got a bunch of cool bands coming for that. Um, who what, We got Denman. Yep. Um, the Tip. The Tip's yep. still coming. Yep. Awesome. We got Desolation Angels. Yep. You know, you guys know Mangus. He was on the show a while back. We Scott had Scott Van Zen just a couple of weeks ago. Those guys are Desolation Angels. Like Sandy Gennaro. Sandy Gennaro. He's going to be a guest on the show soon. And a guest at the, at at the, the Expo. So a lot of these guys that are at the show the night before are guests at the Rock and Pod Expo, too. Yep. So as it stands right now, who are all... Let's talk... Can we talk about Rock and Pod for a minute? Yeah. We, yeah. I mean, we got to kill a little time. we don't have time. time for the Amazon thing. Right, <laughs> so yeah. So we're, of course, you know, you guys know, shop on Amazon. Please. Do it through our Decibel Geek link at decibelgeek.com. Check out HK Collectibles. His link is right there next to ours at the top of decibelgeek.com. Just click on them and do your shopping. You know... You can yeah. do all your shopping. doesn't cost you anything. You help us out. Right. Simple. But yeah, with the Rock and Pod Expo, we've got uh, we've got quite a few people already booked for it. If you don't know, if you're new to the show and new to the expo, it's basically a gathering of 20-plus rock podcasts from all over North America coming to hang out and record shows live. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be live shows done on stage. There's also going to be uh, panel discussions. One, yeah. We're going to do a producer panel. We've got Michael Wagner and Toby Wright for that, and hopefully one other producer to cut, to fill in the third slot. And I'll be talking about basically war stories of producing some of your favorite rock and metal albums. I can't think of two better guys you yeah, know, to tell us great. those stories. Um, there's, gonna, there's another there's another big thing that i'm working on i'm not 100 percent ready to announce it yet but yeah it, but it looks like it's gonna happen we're not gonna i mean there's a there's a couple of things that look like they could be really really close yeah. to happening but i'm that, not gonna jinx that it. would be pretty big deals but we really don't want to get into the the situation where we say this is gonna happen and no, then no, it no. and then it don't you no. know so we're, we're not nashville we're, bike week we're no oh, god <laughs> dang don't even remind me. I'm so pissed off about oh, that. What a mess. Um, yeah, not, it, yeah. So that those are the things are planned. Um, of course, vinyl and merch dealers all over the place. That's going to be awesome. There's going to be a lot of cool stuff. There will be alcohol for sale there. Um, it's going to be a party. It's a, big a rock party. and roll party. And then uh, the icing on the cake will be some of the celebrity signings and meet and greet sessions. With uh, we got Eric Brittingham from Cinderella coming. Heck yeah. Of course, Michael Wagner, Toby Wright will be there. Uh, I mean, Scott, shoot. Scott Van Zen. Uh, who else? Ivana Paul Taylor from Winger is going to be there. Uh, Sandy Gennaro is going to be there. Oh, should have had the list in front of me for this. Yeah, I was going to say uh, bring bring your uh, your Blackjack album. Bring your, yeah. Bring your Cinderella album. Gary Corbett will be there. Bring your your Kiss albums, your Cinderella Live albums. Yeah. Bring your uh, Jolyn Turner albums for Gary Corbett to sign. You Cindy know, Lopper. Cindy Lauper. <laughs> bring down your Cindy Lauper for yeah. him to sign. You know, all these guys. There's just think about it for a second. Michael Wagner, and mm -hmm. now think about like the posters and CDs and stuff that you own or maybe something that you'd like to own by him and love to have him sign 
Odds are you're you're probably going to find it there that day because, I mean, these guys, the vendors that we've lined up, they all know what this is. Mm -hmm. And they know, don't bring no Garth Brooks or Billy Ray Cyrus or whatever, you know. I don't even know. Don't bring none of that garbage because these are rock and roll fans and they're not going to care about none of that stuff. You're not going to sell any of it. So Mm -hmm. bring your coolest rock and roll stuff. I'm sure these guys are all digging deep to get the coolest stuff. So if you need something signed and you don't have it, they're probably mm-hmm. going to have it there for you. So you yeah. can pick it up, get it signed all in one shot, hang out with Chris and myself. It's yep. going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be a huge party, and it's it's going to last a long time. Like, doors open at – well, if you buy the early admission, you go to the GoFundMe page for Rock and, uh, for Rock and Pod Expo, and you donate at least $20, you get to come in at 10 o'clock in the morning, which is an hour early because doors don't open to the public till 11 o'clock. Maybe we should, like, set up a ribbon at the very beginning of it and cut it to, you know, really confirm – the the announcement that this is now considered rock music city USA ribbon cutting ceremony we can do it pronouncement made as long as as long Henceforth. as as long as none of as long as Ian and Ralph from Rock and Metal Combat don't have access to sharp things then, then, <laughs> then it'll, it'll be fine. I'll let you cut the ribbon. We're going to have so much It'll fun. It'll be fun. So if you guys ever, ever planned on coming to Nashville on a vacation, yeah, this be, is the weekend to do it. It'll you know? be awesome. You can take Friday and Saturday you know, and have fun with us. And then on Sunday, take your wives and girlfriends out to the honky tonks and yeah. do that kind of stuff. You know, See the cool sights around Nashville because there's a m- million cool things to do to do here yeah so you know make a weekend out of it but yeah spend it with us if you want full details just nashville rock the letter n pod expo.com and go or go on facebook look up nashville rock and pod expo you get all the details on there and there's a there's a group there's a fan page there's everything so like yeah Yeah. it's uh it's in full swing we got we're we're over the seven thousand dollar mark trying to hit 10 so uh if you want to get those advanced tickets which there will be a cutoff for advanced tickets we're into the last month of allowing that so if you want to get in an hour early you're going to have to do it soon that means Um, no special t-shirt to come along with it unless you buy it at the show that's true yeah because there will be there's also a special t-shirt if you donate 35 or more you'll get the early admission and you'll also get a really cool t-shirt that the pod father ken mills just recently finished designing beautiful looks awesome i love it I got to have one. It's going to be fun. All right. Awesome. So, as always, you know, check out decibelgeek.com. All our writers are over there kicking ass. All our photographers are out there kicking ass. Uh, Ron and Rich did not get taken away by the tornadoes. (laughs) Thank God. They're fine. They're good. (laughs) They're hard at work uploading all kinds of cool stuff. Well, then they're about to leave for uh, Sweden. That's right. as As we record this. Man. Jealous of them. I know. But glad they're putting in the work for <laughs> decibelgeek.com. Yeah. Making that site one of the most premier rock sites on the internet. I love it. So cool. All right. Well, we got to get back to Rush. Okay. So then that brings us up to Permanent Waves. Mm-hmm. Anything off Permanent Waves? It's a great album, but it, I didn't have any picks off of it. Of course, you know, it opens up with Spirit of Radio and Free Will, which eh. are two of their uh, their biggest hits. And uh, I think this is like part of the problem. Entre News is a good song. Yeah. But I don't know that I consider it one of their heavier songs. No. Jacob Ladders is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, there's cool stuff. It's not like this album sucks by any means. But, you know, it's just... Spirit of Radio and Free Will are kind of what killed Rush for me, is hearing them songs on radio over and over and over again. And and it wasn't the Rush that I had been originally introduced to. And so it was like, "This, this isn't Rush. Rush is heavy and awesome. What happened? So... Well... So let's move ahead. Let's keep going. So that brings us up to Moving Pictures. Mm-hmm. And Moving Pictures is, ooh, that's a tough one, too, because there's some 
there's some far out stuff on this album. You know, it's me, you know, and this is what it comes down to me and why my opinion is the way I am is because I love Kiss. Mm-hmm. And so when we're talking about Rush, it's difficult for me because you're talking to the mind of a Kiss fan, a guy who loves ACDC, you mm-hmm. know, a guy who likes Poison and Motley Crue and bands like that. And so with Rush, man, it's all above my head. I'm just a, <laughs> I'm just a dumb rock fan. What the hell do I know? Mm-hmm. I do know this. We've heard this song on the radio a million times, but yet every time it comes on, we bob our heads. Mm-hmm. We love it, and I'm going to play it again. You've heard it a million times, but you're going to love it. Once again, right here, right now, off of Moving Pictures, it's Rush. you got to love this one. It's Tom Sawyer. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride.
All right. How's that for a deep cut? Oh, man. <laughs> but you know you love it. We you know into, you do. We turned into radio. Now, I'll say, when I saw him live, even though the song's been played a million times, everyone just went insane the right. they started playing. And once you hear that intro, you're like, oh, yeah. But it's one of the Rush songs that's been played a million times, like Working Man, that's so, so good. good. You really don't mind it. Although, and I will say, Red Barchetta and YYZ are two awesome songs. Yeah, Red Barchetta's pretty close. It's pretty close to that being almost kinda, made my list. Yeah, it's it's almost in my wheelhouse, but it's not quite there. It's not. It doesn't have the. I don't know. Tom Sawyer's got that for me, and the rest of it really don't on this one. All right. Well, let's move on to the next one. Okay, that brings us up to signals. Yep. All right. This is. Hmm. Let's see. There's some cool stuff on signals. I guess there is because I picked something from it. Okay. So tell me about signals. All right. Is the Night Studio album released in 1982? Produced by Rush and Terry Brown. Of course, Terry Brown produced tons of Rush albums. Uh, this was the last one they did with him um, since 1975's Fly By Night. And uh, he had engineered their first album also. So he was kind of on board from the early days. Uh, he, Terry Brown also worked with Voivod and Lizzie Borden. Oh, nice. So, um, so he's definitely got into some hard rock stuff. Um, Those must have been Lizzie Borden's prog rock his years. prog rock years, yeah. <laughs> He was doing 11-minute songs. Oh, no. Uh, this reached number 10 on Billboard. It did go platinum. Uh, let's see. It was it was a deeper dive into, like, synthesizers, and uh, they could have... They yep. re- but in, to their credit, they could have just done Moving Pictures Part 2, but they, they took what they did on that one and, and went even further. Yes, they did. I will give... You got to say, Rush is a ballsy band because they mm. never stuck to one sound. They're like, okay, let's change it completely and do it do it something else. See, and that's where they're like the opposite. Because last week we were talking to Steven and talking singing the praises of ACDC about how they, not nev- they never change yeah. and how that takes balls to well, stick to your guns and change. But you, then again, you know, you look at it like this with Rush... It does also take balls to play weird mu- music that, you know, ACDC fans aren't going to get. Right. You know, and be okay with but that. I think they got to a point in the 70s where they were like, okay, we're only going to do so well at radio doing it this way, and we're yeah. not happy doing it this way, so let's just do what we want to do. And right. Neil Peart is a huge part of the creative process for that band, so they kind of looked to him to sort of ride ride out the ship with him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's, it's almost one of those things where he is so incredibly talented that it would be like putting that guy in prison to expect him to play three chord rock. Right. It's just, too, he's got too much in his head to do that. Right. And if he, and that's maybe some, some the only complaint I ever, ever hear about Neil's drumming is when they do a song like Tom Sawyer or some of these other songs that I like, mm-hmm. you know, they're just straight up rock songs that he overplays on them. But of course he does. But is he overplaying? He, he can't help himself. He's just being you know, Neil. he's just being Neil. Yeah. And so, you know, to ask him to play this toned down rock song is something that he just is not physically capable of doing. Right. He has to kick as much ass as he can. And he does. And he does. Yeah. And he's uh he's out in full force on this song. This is my pick from Signals. This is the analog kid.
there the is early some, 80s rush. There's some super cool stuff in this book. Check out this picture disc from the uh, the Countdown single. Oh, wow. Isn't that badass? It's got a space shuttle on it. It's got a space shuttle on it. it, it it's, it's so weird and cool, man. This book has a lot of really killer pictures in it. Whoever gets this book is really going to love it. Look, there's Getty Lee when bought this album time. Look, yeah, he don't care. <laughs> he don't care what you think. He's yeah. gonna do what he wants, you know. Yeah. And you gotta, you know, this whole out, this book is just killer. I love it. Yeah, if you're God, a, if look you're at that, a, look at that drum kit. And we're not even giant Rush fans, and we're wowed by this book. I mean, but it, it's, amazing. it's it's got you know old flyers. It's got all kinds of cool stuff on. Yeah, there. stuff you're really not gonna see anywhere else. Uh, the old Rush T-shirt. On yep. tour with Nazareth. That'd be a cool show. Man. Very cool. When did they tour with Nazareth? In Europe in yeah. 1983. 83, yeah. See the things I'm learning from this book already? Well, that it's very Martin cool. Popoff guy, he's kind of smart. Yeah, he knows his stuff for <laughs> sure. All right, that brings us up to Grace Under Pressure. Red Sector A is a badass song. Yeah? Yeah. I don't really know a lot about this album. I know when I like perused it, nothing really jumped out at me. But again, you know, you guys got to understand where I'm coming from as a fan. Mm. Um, trying to love some Rush when I really, really like that early stuff. And, you know, some people love the keyboards. I think sometimes the keyboards are great. Yeah. I've been Lately, I've been pretty wowed. You know, the other night when I went to the Rock and Roll Residency, mm-hmm. I seen our good friend Tyson just freaking blow minds on a keytar. Yeah. Like, I've never seen a keytar solo like that. He was the Ingve freaking Malmsteen <laughs> of the keytar that night. It was one of the most amazing things I ever seen. So I'm always dogging on the keyboards, but yet I'm I'm constantly astounded by keyboard players. Yeah, you know, some of our favorite interviews have been with a, keyboard players. It's a strange, <laughs> it's a strange predicament for my brain to be in, yeah. but yet here we are. He's been converted. But it doesn't do it for me on Grace Under Pressure. Well, it's heavy on them. Yeah. It's so heavy on them. Yeah. You know, and they just this is this is why I think I'm not as big of a rush fan as I should be, is because I was a child of the 80s, mm. you know, the late 80s, early 90s, and in there, and, you know, hearing stuff on the radio. And these are the Rush songs that I'm hearing on the radio is from years like Grace Under Pressure and, you know, God, this book is awesome. Oh, then you go to Power Windows, Then yeah, which this is like for diehards, they love this record. Yeah. But, you know, it, the big money, I remember when that was on MTV, and I remember thinking it was just kind of goofy. But, right. But it sounds good, and they played that one live when they when I saw them here in Nashville. Yeah? And it's it not sound, a bad it, song. It sounded really good live. It's just, I don't know, it was just a strange time for the band, in my opinion. But again, they were doing what they want. Look at that patch, man. I gotta get one of them for my vest. Was it holding a cell phone or it's, something? No, it's holding like a remote control a remote for control. Power windows oh i got you that's so cool but yeah power i didn't pick anything off power windows no neither did i this is a tough time for me um and then hold your fire you know i really i have this on cd it was Mm -hmm. one of those i found at a really great price somewhere and so i definitely got it because i'd love to have the complete rush collection right and but i got it home and i listened to it and man, there really ain't nothing on here for you weren't me. Head banging to time stand still. No, see again. <laughs> that's that's one of the songs. That's one of the songs that ruined it for well, the me. Video is really funny too. Yeah, like floating around. See, <laughs> he's got his his uh, hair and up in a little ponytail. It's it's a strange video. I should have been a Prime Rush Mo- fan in Prime- the eighties, but they deprived me. Prime Movers a pretty good song. Prime Movers pretty cool, I guess. That's about the best on there. Yeah. And then again, you know what's next? Presto. Presto. Mm-hmm. What do we got on Presto? Show Don't Tell is okay. I yeah. guess that was the big single off it, I think. 
Um, Superconductor's sort of rocking. Mm-hmm. But nah, this, I think this is not one of my favorite. That's albums about it. Then. You know, that's about it. Strange guys, you know. Roll the Bones was good. Yeah, Roll the Bones. It's more of a hard rock record. I'm having a hard time flipping through this <laughs> book because there's so much cool stuff to look at. Yeah, I know. Uh, what was on there? Roll the Bones. That's a cool song. Yeah, the I like the title track. track. Big, big singer, single. Um, I think I remember liking the song Heresy. I like the Pantera song, Heresy. Yeah, definitely prefer the Pantera version. That was the cover of the Rush song. <laughs> wow, that would have been something. Yeah. See, that would have been my pick then, for sure. Right. <laughs> You're like, Roll the Bones is the greatest Rush album ever. But I didn't pick anything off Roll the Bones. I didn't pick anything off of Roll the Bones I either. I did pick something off the next one. As a matter of fact... Chris, you're the one rounding out the show because I have nothing left. All my oh, really? <laughs> all my picks are early day rush. Okay. I'm done. So I'm done I, for I get the day. to cover the next half of the of So their I just career. get to kick back and enjoy this awesome book. All right. But you got one next when we talk about the next album Counterparts. Yeah. I would have picked something off of here for sure, but you beat me to it. Well, and we played the album opener animate a few weeks ago with that's our friend a, Joe Beck. Who and that's it. yeah, that's the other thing too, because I would have definitely that's picked Animate, song. but Joe picked it a couple of weeks yeah. ago because Animate's one of my all time. This is the rush when they start getting good again. Although this but then diehards say, Oh, this is Rush trying to be a grunge band. No, I don't think so. But there's people that say this is that. this is Rush's return to hard rock. This, I think so. This too. is Rush speaking to guys like me going, Hey, hey, we know the last, you know, ten years have been kind of strange. Little weird, a lot of keyboards, probably scared you off a little bit, mm-hmm. but we're back to remind you that we can still kick ass just yeah. as much as anybody else, just like the early days. You know, and this album's got some great stuff on it. Yeah, it was uh, their 15th studio album released in 1993. Uh, one of the band's highest charting albums. It peaked at number two. Yeah. Uh, the album opener animate is fantastic and uh, dovetails nicely into my next pick. This song was number one on mainstream rock chart and still should be and should still be played on radio but it's not but you'll hear it now though this is Stick It Out Trust to your instinct If it's safely restrained Lightning reactions Must be carefully trained Heat of the Swallow your tongue Stick it out Don't swallow the poison Stick it out Don't swallow your pride Stick it out Don't swallow your anger Stick it out Don't swallow the lies Natural reflex Pendulum swing
Turn of Super Rush. Right. I love it. I like that song. Man, Alien Shore is on there. That's mm-hmm. a fantastic song. And Nobody's Hero, that got played a lot back in the yeah. day. But that one's even pretty good, you know? It's a little, I don't know. I like the message in it. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I always like that song. It doesn't seem like something I would like, but I mm. dig it. Right. So, yeah, Counterparts, the return of Rush for me. Then this is, I think, the point for me. And you guys, like I said, you guys know where I'm coming from is where Rush started to get cool again. Although the next one's a little bit pr- again, pretty progressive, too. Yeah. I mean, Test for Echo that came out in 96 is pretty progressive also. Well, everybody really seemed to like our last album. We really kicked it in the ass and got heavy. <laughs> so let's and get it, to And it this. went right up to number one on the rock radio charts. So let's, let's go back to our weird shit now. Well... We're gonna get some hate. That's why you guys are fucking idiots. I kind of keep saying it, you know. Uh, You gotta understand, it's not my fault. I'm stupid, okay? I'm dumb. I don't get it. You're just coming from a different fan perspective, right? I know, but no, I mean, there. I mean, there is good material on on Test for Echo too, though. I mean, Driven's a good song. Driven's all right. Driven's pretty cool. Dog ears, I like. But this song is so. This album so limp compared to Counterparts. (laughs) 
It really is. You think it's limp? It is. I think so. Oh, not a lot of really heavy stuff on it at all. Did you pick anything off it? I did not. Neither did I. But I like. It. But I just don't. I'm looking for heavier stuff. Right. Um, that, and that album don't really have it. Yeah. No. See, that's the thing. There it's is, all well written. It doesn't. I mean, yeah, we're talking about the heavier side of Rush today, but it doesn't all have to be heavy all the time. Not at I all. mean, and Chris. So, Chris loves Bon Jovi, you know, and that's okay. Unabashedly. Some people call him names, but I don't. You yeah, know, Steve. I, I, <laughs> that wasn't cool at all, man. Oh, man. So, you know, Rush, while they've always come out with great music, they haven't always come out with heavy stuff. So that brings us up to the next album, which this one, maybe they said, okay, you know, we came out with that really cool album, and it was everybody dug it, and then we came out with another real progressive album, and it was was okay, you know, kind of well-received. So now let's try to get back and blend a little more of that. there's... There's some serious darkness behind the Vapor Trails album that came yeah. out in 2002. The 17th studio album produced by Rush and Paul Northfield. Wow. And uh, it's the first one since 96. And there's the longest gap between albums, but there's a reason for that. Neil Peart, uh, in the span of 10 months, lost his wife and his daughter. Right. And uh, how, did it, how did all that go down? His wife died from cancer hmm. and his daughter died from in a car accident. Dang. He lost both of them within 10 months of each other. I cannot even, would not want to even no. imagine. And he essentially just got on his motorcycle and just started riding. Yeah. And because he just couldn't be around people. Like he just, he needed time. He didn't want to deal with music. He just, he had to, that was his way of mourning, was just getting out, getting the fuck out of Dodge, basically. Right. Huh, and he did, and, and I, I remember when this was going on, and I, I wasn't a giant Rush fan, but I had plenty of friends who were, and I remember there being a lot of concern of there probably isn't going to be a Rush anymore. Yeah. Because people thought he was irreparably damaged from this, which, God, which, yeah. I couldn't imagine losing a child Most and, people and would my be. wife. Jesus Christ. I mean, what a horrible thing to go through. Um, but... Uh, but no, he got back into. They got back into the studio. There was a lot of tension because Neil just wasn't. He wasn't mentally ready to do it. But at the same time, he also thought he needed to start working again. And uh, they put this album out. Now, this album, <laughs> if you want to go with modern uh, modern sound technology, this is an early example of brick walled technology yeah. with the mix. And the band themselves had a big problem with the mix for this too. Um, so much so that uh, a few years ago they remixed the entire album and put a new version of it out, which I bought. Awesome, and it sounds much better. Yeah, there's actual dynamics in it. Um, it sounds like it was re- produced ten years earlier. I hate it when bands do that. Metallica. <clears throat> well, it's the loudness war. Like right. for some reason, everything there was this, louder than everything else. Yeah, it was this whole uh, prevalent thinking in the industry that it has to be loud to sound good, and it's just not true, especially when you're. If I'm hearing it peek out in my ears, that's not good. No. You know, it's bad mixing, and it's happening all the time now. That's like uh, Death Magnetic. When I got it and I put Clips. it into my iPod, yeah, it's I, had painful. To, I had to go in and actually physically lower the volume yeah. for when those songs come on because you hear something, some other album, shoot, something produced by Michael Wagner that sounds freaking amazing, yeah. and then Metallica comes on in, in the shuffle the next song, and it's like, you yeah. know, and eardrums bleeding. Yeah, it's it hurts. Like, and then you don't like it. You know, yeah. that's no good. It's like, I can turn the volume exactly. up. Exactly. I don't the, need you doing it We've for said me. it before. Let, <laughs> we're adults. Yeah, we can We it. can handle the volume. Thank you. So, um, Vapor Trails, it's, it's not and we, the... And we want your shows to start at eight. Because we're old. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Okay. But uh, it's not the greatest Rush album, Vapor Trails, but mm. um, the leadoff single is a damn fine example of the heavier side of Rush. This is One Little Victory. 
remember when that came out, man. I dug it a lot. Yeah, it's a that's one of my favorite singles that the band's ever released. You know, talk about tragic times. You know, that sucks. But I think, you know, Rush came out of it as a band, musically, a little stronger than when they went in. I you know? totally agree with you. And, you know, just some cool stuff has come out since then. And the next album was Feedback. Yeah. And I know how I get accused of cheating when I pick cover songs, so I didn't do that this <laughs> you time. You can't do that. <laughs> but I could have totally picked anything off this album. Uh, Feedback is one of my favorite favorite cover albums well, by, yeah. by anybody it's got heavy versions of everything dude the version of summertime blues yeah, kicks ass they released that as a single the too. version of heart of soul is killer for what it's worth the seeker man the cover mm-hmm. that's what i would have picked was the cover of the seeker yeah. they take these songs and they kick them in the ass you know to the moon yeah these songs are heavy and awesome one of the best cover songs okay cover albums you'll ever hear if you don't own that one even if you're not a rush fan yeah you really ought to go get no, it it's because a, it's a fun record i love it when they take songs that are cool and just rock them well, out even more friend, and they do that friends of mine that are hot die hard rush fans like well they gotta put a rut but i gotta put a damn coverage albums out like it's just kind of like the thinking of the die hard rush fan is polar opposite of the way you think that's why this has been <laughs> so much fun for me today in your face, everybody else. <laughs> so Aaron gets to be the villain this week. I guess. But no, and then... Uh, I don't mean to be. No, it's fine. And then uh, Snakes and Arrows comes out in 2007, and I like this album a lot. I do, too. I didn't pick anything off it, well, but I think it's pretty good. Far Cry almost made my list. Yeah. Because I, I was very close to picking something off of that. Armor and Sword is pretty cool. Yeah. That's it's got some good rock and riffage going on in that that I dig. They uh, this was their first time working with Nick Rasculinix, the producer who uh, lives here in town, also. Right on. And uh, Nick's done work with the Foo Fighters and a lot of other people, and uh, Ghost recently. And uh, he's a th- actually also Black Star Riders on their new one. He uh, right on. Yeah, he's a great producer. Also worked at Sound City. If you've seen that Sound City documentary that Dave Grohl put together, he's he was an intern at Sound City and and engineered there for a long time. Right on. Maybe so we he, get him to come on and do an album's unleashed I, on this one. I would love to have Nick on the show. That'd be I'm cool. Trying to make it happen, but yeah, I didn't pick anything off of it. If I did, Far Cry would have been my pick off of it, but uh, it all, it didn't make my because you know we're saddled with five picks each to for time right. on these. But yeah, because uh, we could have picked a lot more, and I think you guys know that because we're just picking our personal preferences as far as what we feel are heavy songs that we dig. You know, yeah. so obviously, like we said, you know, we we encourage you guys to go to the Facebook page on this post. You know, for this episode. Yeah. So and list your top five because we want to see them. Well, and there's also and we're sticking to studio albums because there's a lot of compilation right. and live stuff that came out, you know, especially in the last twenty years. Shoot, like, you got to play fair. I didn't even count feedback, and I would have. Yeah, it's feedbacks. You got if you're a fan though, you should have that in your collection. Yeah, definitely. Because they do put the rush spin on on most of those songs. I love it. So uh, then we end up with the, what I think is probably going to be the last Rush studio album, unless they end up doing it again. And I hope they uh, do it again, because this one was really, really great. This is almost a quintessential Rush album. Oh, is. This is everything. Everything it, put into one, except for the bad shit. This is my favorite Rush album. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Their last one is my favorite one. And I, you know, and I'm not, and of course, you know, I know you got like history with the first one, and of course, you got 2112 and moving pictures, and and you know, their success speaks volumes. Um, but for me personally, I listen to this album more than I listen to any other Rush album. Really? Yeah. And I could mainly because I kind of became more of a fan around the time this came out. 
like I, you know, I always appreciated the hits, you know, and and but I, and Rush is one of those bands where I miss seeing them live so many times over the years. Like something, yeah. either, either I would be busy or something would come up, and uh, there was two two different occasions I had tickets to see them at Starwood here. And something came up both times to get, keep me from going. But then you finally did get to I see I finally them. got to see them on this tour. But like, so this, t- when I bought the tickets for, for the Clockwork Angels show in Nashville, and I um, I bought the album that same week. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Because I remember reading that they were planning on, basically, they were going to play the hits, but there was going to be a large chunk of the of the show is going to be devoted to this album and the That's concept good. behind it. So I was like, Oh, I hope, I hope I like the album. So I buy the album and I just fall in love with it. And, uh, it's just got so many awesome. So I could have, I could have picked five songs off this album. Yeah. A lot of this is yeah. some of the heaviest stuff they've ever done. True. I mean, I'm proud of rush where, you know, you've seen the progression of where they started, yeah, where they went ups and downs, cool and weird yeah. in between everything in between. <laughs> And what they end up with, like, this is, it's like you work your whole life to come out with this album, yeah. you know? And if, if it is Rush's last album, man, good way to go out. hell of a way to go. Yep. Hell of a way to go. It was number one in Canada, number two on the Billboard charts here. Nice. And it won the Rock Album of the Year at 2013's Juno Awards. Very cool. It's, uh, it's gotten its definite praise, and the show was fucking amazing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, anything to close out before I play this sucker and we get out of here i would just say that you know of course we always encourage everyone to do their shopping on amazon through our link at decibelgeek.com please go buy some rush albums oh you know how are we gonna decide who gets and i was gonna say you know if you don't win the book then you can buy it you can buy it through amazon it's rush album by album by martin popoff Mm -hmm. and if you're not a big rush fan this is a great way to learn about the band if you if you want to know more about the band this is the quintessential book. It's amazing. The photographs of the collections, the albums, the patches, the just everything in here. You know, I'll mention a kiss in this book, of course. You know, so get that on Amazon.com through the Decibel Geek link at decibelgeek.com. And uh, how do we give it away? What if we made this a VIP giveaway? That sounds fair, yeah, because we always want to encourage our VIPs. What? You don't know about VIPs? Well, VIPs, obviously, now you're finding out, are very special people to us. They're the ones that subscribe to all the extra stuff that's going on on Patreon. Mm -hmm. So through Patreon, we have our VIP, our our DBG VIPs. Did I say it right? Yeah, a lot of Okay, good. Um, So... We got this group of people, and what they're getting all the time is extra stuff. They're getting, say, we did our interview with Stevie Rochelle. There's a whole bunch of extra talk with Stevie Rochelle that didn't make the show. The VIPs get to hear that, yeah. you know. Um, when we talked to Steven last week, man, Steven gave us a couple a of, of hours of extra stuff. And that's why Chris and Steven were so buzzed by the time we started yeah, recording. We were is because drinks in. <laughs> we recorded a full another episode before we recorded that show. We did. And the VIPs get that. Yeah. You know, we do CD tournaments where we'll pull random CDs off the massive, out of the de- massive desk. De- Geek library of CDs, and we'll just do random tournaments yeah, to head-to-head matchups. Head-to-head matchups. Who do you like better? I like this album better. It moves on. That one goes yeah. home, you know. And we come down to a winner, and it's just random and it's fun. Yep. Um, the Chris and Aaron show. There's always funny stuff going on there. We're telling behind-the-scenes stories that not everybody else is privy to. You, the VIPs are truly behind the curtain with yep. us, and we invite you to step back behind the curtain with us as well. Become a Decibel Geek yep. VIP, and if you hurry up and do it. 
you might have a crack at winning this book. So we'll Otherwise, get, yeah, we'll announce on the on the actual Facebook page. Why don't we? Um, I'll put a date out that those who are signed up for the five dollar VIP level by this date cool. will be entered into the contest. Yeah, because I mean, it it's not just what what is all. Let's we haven't talked about this in a while. What mm-hmm. all goes into the VIP? I mean, what do you get? You get um, well, you get a guitar pick if you, for the lowest level at a dollar, and then you get a newsletter, which I'm woefully behind on putting that out. But most everybody signs up for the five dollar package because it's right. the, the one that you get the most out of. Right. Uh, there's three dollar one. You get the pick and the newsletter, and then you will also get um, the you'll get some of the audio on the three dollar one. You get pretty much everything for the five dollar level. Yeah, and that's five yeah. five dollars for every episode that we put out. You throw us you throw us five dollars. And there's been times where we've taken unedited raw audio yeah. of an interview where it's like you know yeah we we you know take our song clips and put it in and stuff and that's yeah. all cool for the regular show because we want it to be as awesome and as professional and as enjoyable as we can for the for everyone. But for the special people, our VIPs, we throw that whole unedited raw volume yeah. rock and roll at them. And it's a special treat because you get to hear all the burps and the farts the and the hiccups ups. and the <laughs> beers cracking and all that stuff. The screw-ups, the yeah. the audio going bad and us oh, having to restart man. and things yeah. like that, you know. And it's fun because that's all part of it, you know. And, yeah, it's frustrating sometimes, but that's part of the life of being a podcaster. Yeah. You know, you got to roll with the punches. And so the VIPs get to see it, warts and all. They do. And, and so uh, that's a lot of fun for us to share it with them. And also we have the uh, the Facebook page that all, that uh, it's a private Facebook Facebook group that yep. all the VIPs get access to, and if you once you do access to that, that's where all the audio content is put on there through a yep. special link that only you guys get. That's right. And uh, there's a lot of stuff. I think we put out a, a decent bang for the buck for uh, for what people are paying. For. Right. And so since we've been at this for a while, and there's a whole lot of backlogged audio on there in the in the archives of the VIP subscription, you know, uh, thing, yeah. you can uh, if you join today. You get all that old stuff. Yeah, you get you know? access to So all you get to start from the very beginning. You get a whole shit ton of new audio to keep yourself busy for the next couple of months. Yeah, and and you do it all just because you get to support what we do. And, and that's and what it's really all about. Us and we appreciate it. We totally do. So yeah, you want a really awesome Rush book, um, you get put in a random drawing for, for the Rush book. Heck yeah, sounds good. Got to be a VIP. Right. But you get so much along with it, why wouldn't you want to be? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess you should probably get out of here, man. You got yeah. a vacation to get yeah, to. Yeah, I got to go home and pack, actually. So, All right, um, cool. Yeah, from Clockwork Angels, this has been the heavier side of Rush. This is Headlong Flight, and we'll see you next week.
do you love it loud? Then plan to attend the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. One day event celebrating all things rock and roll. Over 20 rock podcasts from all over North America recording on site. Panel discussions with producers that have worked with Ozzy, Slayer, Kiss, Y&T, Seven Dust, Dokken, and more. Celebrity signings and meet and greets with current and former members of Cinderella, Winger, Tora Tora, Collective Soul, Taiketo, The Monkees, with more to be announced. All that and record dealers slinging some sweet vinyl. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo takes place Saturday, August 26th at the Music Valley Event Center. More information available at NashvilleRockandPodExpo.com as well as on Facebook. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Feast your ears.